Hi everyone, thank you for tuning in to Unapologetically Different Podcast. I'm your co-host P. And I'm your co-host Key. Um, this is episode 11, season 2. Thank you for tuning in and every episode we really do appreciate the support and you taking the time out your day to hear us out. Much love and respect. Yes, thank you. Really appreciate it. Blessings, blessings. <laughs> Alright, let's get into it. So there's been a lot of conversation around the FBI director James Comey and President Trump and the dynamic between the two. Um, so May 9th, um, Trump did fire um, Comey. It was really kind of quick and fast how that happened. Um, in terms of him firing That's him. That's what she said. <laughs> sorry. You just had to do that, I'm didn't sorry. you? <laughs> um, back to schedule programming. Yes. Um, so on May 9th, um, President Trump fired the FBI director, James Comey. As you all may know, Comey was conducting a investigation, a criminal investigation, um, in terms of Trump's advisors and any kind of relations they may have had with the Russian government, um, especially in their involvement in the 2016 presidential election. There's been a lot of conversations about um, Trump's Russian advisors playing a part in him winning. So as the investigation was going on, um, James Comey had requested that he wanted more resources in terms of prosecutors and also better resources to prepare for the investigation. And in turn, he was fired, which is really odd because oftentimes in these cases, a FBI director um, has a 10-year term. And Comey was appointed director in 2013 by President Obama. And now that he's been fired, he had like about six more years to fill within his term. And now that's not going to happen. So a lot of, there's been a lot of speculation pertaining to that and why he was fired. And um, a lot of talks about that. And it's so funny that, well, not funny, but more so it's disturbing that even though he was fired May 9th by Trump, um, May 10th, Trump had Russian affiliates or officials over at the White House right after yeah that just just before we go even further i just feel like you can't even write that in like a movie like you just fired him for investigating just working with the russians or possible collusion with the russians and the next day you have the ambassador um sergey sergey kislyak and the foreign minister Sergey Lavrov. That's a mouthful. Yeah, that's what she said. <laughs> okay, yeah, I gotta stop with that. I'm sorry, you guys. I love that joke. Anyways, so, yes, pre- the press secretary, Sean Spicer, stated that a letter written by both the Attorney General Jeff Sessions and the Attorney General Rod J. Rosenstein convinced Trump to fire Comey, but... As Trump usually does, he's oftentimes just like off script and just not not saying what his cabinet and his advisors are saying. He stated he made the decision on his own. and Which to me, it's kind of crazy. I don't mean to cut you off because it's like your press secretary is making a statement, right. an explicit statement that these two officials played a part in the decision as to why you would fire the FBI director. But in turn, Trump will say, actually, I made the decision on my own. And then it's like the timing of it. You know, they stated that um, this letter that was written by Session and Ro- oh, Rosenstein 
it played a part in his decision. At what point was the letter written? And right after, I think my the way I'm trying to review it is, at what point was the letter written? And then after he read the letter, what kind of analysis or conclusion did he come on his own terms if that really did in fact happen to make him say, hey, I want to fire this guy? Yeah. So, again, oddly enough, Trump Trump's reason for firing Comey was... I'm doing air quotes <laughs> based on his handling of the Hillary Clinton investigation about her use of pr- the private email server, not the fact that he was investigating into collusion with the Russians to, that may have affected the results of the election. Um, so he says. Right. And I think it's pretty ironic because during the election process, Trump was praising Comey for going after Hillary and having that October surprise where they were reopening the investigation on her. But then he used that as his reason for firing. So in typical Trump fashion, there's just a lot of clashing and just... What's what's the word for that? Just like, You want me to tell you a word? Because you know me. I like to keep it 100. <laughs> It's bullshit. Because <laughs> it's like you, you like let's like come on. You gonna fire him based off of the fact that okay, if it's in turn, if that's even true, that his involvement with investigating Hillary and her email private server, Trump was literally commending Comey this whole time, leading up to the election, even when he won about his investigation with Hillary Clinton and at the time her using a private server like oh she and there's a lot of conversation about she can't be trusted like are you serious and then that became one of the reasons as to why people did not you know could see her as president hence why she didn't win it was like one of the main reasons but how can she be trusted if you know she's utilizing another email server and then the way she's like handling her emails it's not like proper protocol but you the FBI director was doing his due diligence. He investigated the case. He let it go, and then he kind of reopened it right around the time closer to election. Yeah. And you commended him for that, but now you're basically saying because you continue doing that, and that was one of the main reasons as to why you fired him. It has nothing to do with the fact that he's investigating you and your whole crew, your whole entourage. <laughs> as innocent. To what, what, your, what your involvement is with the Russians, but it's because of the fact that it played a part and his involvement with Hillary Clinton, when that helped him in the election. That was one of the main reasons as to why he even won. So to me, it's allegedly. like... Allegedly. Air quotes. <laughs> you gotta put that out there. Allegedly. So to me, it's like... I don't really understand and how the sequence of events are happening. Like, May 9th, you fired him, but then May 10th, you have Russian um, officials come over to the White House. Would that still have happened if he didn't fire him? Was he waiting to fire him and then have them come over and just hang out, talk, or whatever the case may be. And I just want to know how does the public feel about that, knowing that he's having a relationship with Russian affiliates when at the same time you talked about, oh, Hillary can't be trusted over some emails. And we still talking about these emails till this day. She's not even in the White House. Like, let go and let God. Crooked Hillary. <laughs> <laughs> like, let go and let God. So to me, it's like, let's focus on the real topic at hand. And if you fired him and you felt like you had justified reasons of doing so, what are the reasons? I'm, I just feel like the whole Hillary Clinton situation is just, to me, it's just not sufficient. And I don't really 
I don't buy into that. I I believe it could come off in some aspects as a cover-up or very questionable, but I just don't necessarily buy into that. Also, days before firing Comey, um, when he was requesting all the um, resources that he may need to do a thorough investigation, um, another part of this story, which I find to be interesting, is that during Comey's investigation into Michael T. Flynn, who was a former national security advisor, that was another big scandal, or whatever the case may be, his involvement with Russia, Trump had a meeting with Comey, and during the meeting, he states, I hope you can see your way clear to letting this go, to letting Flynn go. He's a good guy. I hope you can let this go. Now, Comey, which I kind of respect, by the way, he tends to document his conversations that he have. And in part, um, he documented his conversations with Trump and some of, I guess, his close peers or affiliates would say that the reason why he did that was because he didn't really trust Trump. He didn't trust Trump and the conversations that they had. And he felt like if it was going to lead to being into question, he would have a documentation of it, which is very smart. Yeah. Because um, by him utilizing that and actually having memos, they said that it could be when it does go to hearing, they're probably going to use that in terms of evidence. So that will be very interesting to see what else he kind of wrote out that no one knows about or what may have been recorded if that did even happen. Yeah, as we say in the, the corporate world, CYA, which is a technical term for cover your ass. <laughs> and he definitely was doing that. And in typical, again, in t- typical Trump fashion, he came out with a tweet on May 12th saying... James Comey better hope that there are no tapes of our conversation before he starts leaking to the press. So... Like, what was that about? <laughs> and, like, you tweet... Like, it's just, it just blows my mind how this man be tweeting stuff. I'm like, bruh, chill. Nah, I'm not gonna lie. I respect his tweeting game. Like, he's strong and consistent. Like, <laughs> I respect I respect that, the part of, that part of him. Um, I, I, real, I remember the word, by the way. The word that I was going for earlier. Oh, not the one I said. Yeah, no, <laughs> it wasn't bullshit. The word was he contradicts himself a lot. Very much so. Yeah, and very much so. And I, I think I think it's funny because he's saying he hopes that Comey better hope there are no tapes. But I'm I'm very curious to see what memos Comey does have, or if there are recorded conversations. Because the last time Trump was on a recording, Child. he was grabbing areas that he shouldn't have been grabbing. So, But he still became president. So who knows? Maybe what's even in the recordings of the memo from Comey ain't going to stop him because he's still in the highest position of power, unfortunately. To, to be honest, I feel like this is like a movie. And in the movies, you'll, like, you'll hear the dum-dum-dum and they'll like zoom in on the bad guy and they give that evil evil sinister look and you know that's the bad guy but i just feel like i'm watching a movie and i don't even understand how it like i'm like how does the audience not know this guy that's the villain right there like i don't know they know now if they didn't know already which was very obvious and apparent from the beginning of time but to tie back to his tweet like by him tweeting that clearly there was something going on in that conversation between him and Comey that sh- that he did not want the public to know, which puts into question what other things were said around, you know, when Comey was investigating Flynn and why is it such a big problem if he doesn't let it go? Like, if you feel as if your advisor or whatever the case may be are 
if he was doing his due diligence, why are you so concerned and scared as to what conversation you had with Comey? Because it just looks like, oh, you were really encouraging, strongly encouraging, again with the air quotes, that he let this go and let the investigation go and kind of sweep it under the rug and not do his job and not do his due diligence. But it was all good in the hood when he was doing his job investigating Hillary Clinton. Yeah. But apparently that was too much investigation because now that's one of the main reasons why you fire him. Like, come on. Like, to me, it's just, it's a constant go around. And I just can't seem to get a clear understanding of what what he's trying to do. And what what I find to be very confusing. I, I don't think his own cabinet knows what he's trying to do sometimes. <laughs> Clearly, Sean, <laughs> Sean Spicer didn't even know because he's going to say he was persuaded by so-and-so by um, Sessions and um, Rollenstein, but he really wasn't, <laughs> apparently. And also, I do have a lot of respect for Sean Spicer. I feel like he has the toughest job in America every day going to the press, literally getting hit with just questions out of nowhere. Like, we thought we were going in direction A and out of nowhere. But Mr. Trump just tweeted two minutes ago. <laughs> B. It's like He's out like, there promoting <laughs> alternative facts. Like, he can't even... I mean, I don't really feel bad for him. Like, he, it is he, what it is. He got like That's the, what you signed up for. He got, like, the ultimate, um, damn it. What's that thing when you go up and you do, like, acting, but it's, like, off the cuffs, just randomly just throw out, like, a scene and a location? Ah. Uh. I don't know what that is. Okay. But I'm going to let you think on it because it seems like you're not going to let it go. So I'm just yeah. going to let you hold on to that. I'm, I'm having and when a, you let me know, then we can get back to that. I feel like I'm having an off day. It'll come back to me like contradictions <laughs> did, but as you were. But um, also, speaking of the White House and his um affiliates, they're stating that they are trying to build a case against Comey. What I find to be odd is that if you fired him and you had valid reasons of doing that, aside from the Hillary Clinton thing, because I really don't think that's a valid excuse, but if that works for him, all right, to each his own. I don't understand how if you fired him, you should have had a case built up already. You should have had sufficient information as to why he should not be an FBI director. The fact that you're in the process of building up, it's to me, it's very interesting. It's like, oh, I did something very abruptly. Now I have to cover my ass, and now I have to find justification and reasons as to why I fired this dude. So that was, when I was looking into that, I was like, that was a little odd. That was a bit weird. And also, clearly, we're not the only ones that feel indifferent to it and think that it's a cover-up. Um, Senator Chuck Schumer of New York had stated that the way that it was handled with Comey being fired, it does look, it's, it's very suspicious to Americans and it come off as a cover-up. And if it is in fact true, the Russians hacked the election, and, and to, I want to kind of just switch it up a little bit. If it is in fact true that the Russians did um, hack the election, are you anyway optimistic or do you feel optimistic or eager to vote in the near future? Or at all for that matter? Um... If the Russians hacked the election, I don't, honestly, I don't know. I'm going to be 100%. I rarely vote. I vote in the presidential elections. I feel like I, I'm, I haven't really been active when it comes to voting during, like, the primaries or, mm-hmm. um. I know what you mean. Yeah. But you mostly vote for the... I mean, you're not the only one. And I really do want us to have this conversation and tease it out. Yeah. Um, when it comes to the presidential election, you vote for that, which is fine. 
I just, but do you feel optimistic down the road? Be, the reason why I ask is because if it's if it is true that they hacked it and they had so much power of doing that, it makes you question: Are the good guys really going to end up winning down the road? Because if they worked so hard and they got to the finish line, and it's like they were still cheated, and there are other means of them being cheated, like the Russians hacking it. Does that make you feel like, as a being a voter, do you even feel eager or enthusiastic to vote in the future, like at all? I don't feel eager or enthusiastic to vote, and I'm just like, oh, look, things that we've done to other countries are starting to happen to us too. That's kind of the thought that went through my mind because yeah. we've affected elections, overthrown government secretly. Like, oh shit, it's happening to us now. The battlefield's getting even, and that's kind of scary. Yeah. So, so yeah, no, no, not eager whatsoever. And mm-hmm. and I'm just like, scandal fucking had this, <laughs> like teed up. Some somebody had I, I don't know. Someone's like a psychic on, what's her name? Shonda Rhimes. Shonda Rhimes. Yeah. That's, I love her by the way. She's everything to me. Basically, Pierce speaking more so like art imitating life and life imitating art like season two and scandal that, that was so well said thank you i do what i can oh honey. my god thank you're on point you. i'm just like off of today <laughs> it's all right it's a regular for you um so <laughs> no shade <laughs> um so he's speaking about scandal season two the defiance episode when we found out that the election was rigged and that's how fitz won um and how it's so similar to what's happening now with trump and I, I do see that because when when this was going on and the whole investigation about the Russians, I was like, "Are you serious?" Be- I'm not gonna lie to you. When Trump went, I was like, "This can't be real life." Like I woke up the next morning, I was literally emotional. I was crying because I cried for like three days because like this cannot be life. Like it took me a while to fully like sink it in. Like this dude definitely just won. And in some aspects, I did feel like something happened. It was rigged. It, I just couldn't believe couldn't believe a large percentage of people thought this man was worthy of being president of the United States. And now some of them are crying about it. They feel bad about it. Like, it's too late. I don't even want to see your tears. Because <laughs> it's like it's a waste of time at this point. But for me to know that if, in fact, it is true that the Russians hacked it, because I need proof. We can't just go off of speculation. And, you know, there's rumors and there's a lot of talks around it. And I want to see concrete evidence that this, in fact, happened. Um, if that does come about, I I don't know about being truly um, enthusiastic about voting in the near future, to be quite frank with you, because I feel like the whole premise of voting is, oh, your one vote is going to make a difference, and one vote added on to several other votes is going to make a difference. And I get the whole premise of it, especially being African-American and in this country, you want to vote because, you know, years ago, our, our um, you know, slave, slaves were not given the opportunity to vote. So I get it. But I'm not sure if I'll be enthusiastic in voting in the near future because if it's easy for another country or someone else to hack our system and for someone to win who's not deserving of that honor, it to me, it, it takes away from the enjoyment and the whole premise behind voting. And it doesn't make me enthusiastic to want to do it. No, but I think with that being said, though, people have to go out and yeah. vote because if you're not going to vote because you feel like, oh, this could be hacked, this could be rigged in some way, you're just losing that yeah. say you have. And it's like, if you don't do it, you're going to lose. So at least do what you can. Yeah. Show up, 
show up in big numbers. That way, if it, if let's say, um, record number of people come mm-hmm. out protesting and saying we're not voting for Trump next in twenty twenty. And then somehow he still wins and there's just so much overwhelming support. Like, then you could say, okay, this, something's funky here. What's going on? Yeah. But if the people who really don't support him aren't even showing up to the polls, then there won't be a need to have it rigged because they're just going to win that way. Yeah. So I think, I think it's, it's disheartening and it sucks to think that an election could have been rigged potentially, but I think we still have to do our due diligence to go out there and, and actually the vote. Polls. Yeah. Yeah, and just to be clear, it's not that just because I I may lack enthusiasm in voting doesn't mean that I won't. I would in the future. I think it's important. And I enjoy going to the polls and voting, especially if they're organized, because Lord knows I've been the one that wasn't that great. Yeah, but, um, I just want the sticker for, for Snapchat and for Instagram. <laughs> so they know it's real? Yeah, seriously. Um, So I do... I do look forward to voting, but it's just to find this out and to this investigation is going to be ongoing, which I think it's great that it's not going to be something that's going to be discontinued and they're going to sweep it under the rug. It's going to be an ongoing investigation. I hope they get to the bottom of this. I I feel like it'd be very disheartening to find out that the Russians played a part in our elections and rigged it. But at the same time, in the near future, I will still look forward to voting. I'm not sure about being too enthusiastic because then I question, you know, um, the whole, and then when you think about politics itself, you I don't want to think politics is corrupt, but that's kind of what the wave has been riding on for a while. Like, politicians are corrupt, and this leads to stuff like this, because it, it kind of falls within that if this is in fact rigged. I'm not saying all politicians. He's one of many. What? He's one of several. I feel like all politicians are corrupt. I feel like that's <laughs> this is nothing new. Like, if I were to go into politics, it would tip, it would be to make a difference, push my agenda, and make racks. It's like, I, I've well, seen... Priorities. Yes, I, I've seen enough movies, and I... Listen, I love movies, I love television shows, and I genuinely feel like, in our world, like you said so mm-hmm. eloquently before, um, life can imitate art, or art can imitate life, and the things that we see in the movies where politicians and businesses are running the world or doing shady deals, pushing their own agenda, the briefcase getting dropped at the restaurant and someone coming to pick it up. You've been watching way too many movies, bro. Yeah, but I, I think that stuff is real. Look at Anthony Weiner doing his... Well, he's a disgrace <laughs> to society. <laughs> and that's a whole other thing. That's how the whole email thing kind of escalated and become further than what it was yeah. because when they did a thorough <laughs> investigation and realized that one of Hillary's advisors was sending her emails, well, her husband. Right. Um, she was sending it to him at the time, who I'm guessing they got a divorce by now because he has a problem, <laughs> like an issue, apparently. But um, no, it's just, I don't want to believe every politician is corrupt. Nope, like, nope, nope. I, want, I don't want to think that, because I do well, feel like there are genuine ones out there nope. who actually care for the people that they're serving, the community that they're serving, and they have an agenda that they're pushing on behalf of their constituents. I don't want to believe... I, I think some are... They have they're, an agenda they're pushing on behalf of the people who are lining their pockets. That's how I genuinely feel. But I, that's, I'm that's, that's a blanket though. statement to make around like all politics. I don't want to believe that. I that, really do not want to believe that. I'm going to just be straightforward. At the end of the oh, day... Oh, now you want to be straightforward? Yeah, this is unapologetically different. It's like 11 episodes, but continue. Whew, I made it. Shade. Nice, nice to meet you guys. <laughs> but I feel like at the end of the day... 
when athletes get caught for like cheating or whatever the case may be, I I hate it because people like try to vilify them. Oh, this man, he's a monster. He was caught cheating or this guy took money. Like m- most people will do the same thing if they were in their position, but it's like people just like want to make a story and make things big. And I think most people are like the same people who are reporting about Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky, the same news reporter is probably having an affair or... But, I mean, you can make... I wouldn't say everyone's doing... Like, if it's an athlete called cheating, I don't think every athlete is out there cheating. I'm sure there's some faithful ones out there. Not all of them out there is getting getting down with it. Like, I just feel like I don't want to... The reason why I like to be a little positive, you know what I'm saying? A little... More than a little bit, to be quite frank. Um, And with politicians, I don't really... I don't want to believe that. I mean, yes, there are things that have happened over the years, especially with Trump being our president. It's like, what the hell is going on? And um, people who are one minute, they're against him, but then they're pro him, and they go back and forth. Either parties, too. Democrats are not perfect. They have their flaws. Trust and believe that. But I don't want to have that perception that all politicians are corrupt and they're pushing an agenda for themselves. I think they really do want to help people. I think there are some of them that actually genuinely want to help people and is not really doing it on a basis of having money in their pockets. And I get where you're coming from. I Like now with Trump being in office, I think people's mindset and perception of politicians have changed. And I think to some aspects it changed for the worse. You know, at least when Obama was in office, you had hope there was change. I don't know what the hell to think with him in office. Ain't no hope, ain't no change. You know, we going back into time. Let's make America great again, whatever that means. Um... So I don't, I don't really want to have that idea in my mind that all politicians are that way. I truly don't, but I get it. Like, you know, we, we agree to disagree, which is good. That's what makes us unapologetically different. But I just don't want to walk away with that. I do believe there's good ones out there. And they will prevail once this man comes out of office. Pray to God. I, <laughs> he only do one term. Just one term. I doubt it. <laughs> also, to kind of keep it going... In terms of the whole Comey investigation, on this Thursday, June 8th, he will be testifying in an open hearing to the Senate Intelligence Committee. So hopefully he'll bring his memo along and and incite us with all the stuff that we don't know what's been going on between him and Trump. I'm literally going to be at work with a bag of popcorn and I'm just going to be watching that like, I can't wait. I want to watch it. I really want to see what he's going to say. Um, he doesn't, he seems like a very intelligent man and I hope that they follow this whole investigation through to the very end and we find out what's actually going on and I hope he holds nothing back. He just be true to who he is and he's got nothing to lose other than his life at this well, point. Well, we've seen some scandal episodes. Exactly. So you already seriously. know. He might not even make it to the hearing. <laughs> so God forbid. Don't say that. They, they might, they send Huck at him. <laughs> <laughs> That's his name. It's, it's Huck. No. Anyway, moving on. Just stay home, Comey, until the hearing. Um, Luckily, the hearing will be on Thursday. And like the setup for that is going to be the NBA Finals, Game 3. Game 3 is on Wednesday. Get yeah. together. Yeah, the day before that, the setup oh, okay. for it. okay. Okay, sorry. I just wanted to make now sure. Now you're off the ball. Pun intended. <laughs> Shut up. Um, yes, so... I, I don't know about you guys. I'm super excited about this finals this year. 
the Cavs versus the Warriors. Again, actually. Yes, part three, volume yes. three. The third one is kind of shaping up rough right now for Cavs supporters <laughs> like myself. I'm rooting for the King, and yeah, you do that. it's not looking good right now. We're down 0-2, but we will have a home game this Wednesday, so hopefully we could make we could bounce back. Who, who are you rooting for this year, Key? I like the Warriors. Um, so I'm, I'm pro-Warriors. Um, go Warriors. Really proud of them. They won two games, so we'll see what happens in Game 3 on Wednesday, even though it's a Cavs home game. <sighs> a little questionable, but whatever. Um... I'm rooting for them, and I want them to win. I, I know they have Kevin Durant on the team now, and it's been a lot of issues with him leaving, you know, OKC, and then he coming over here because he won a championship. And this is my, this is my answer to that. So what? <laughs> like, who cares? He wants a championship. Let him have it. How many players have left different teams to go get a championship? And that's the whole premise of being a basketball player. So I get it that... You know, you start out with who you with from the beginning all the way through the end. But he wants to switch it up, and he's doing a great job on the Warriors. So I really appreciate the game last night. I loved every minute of it. I was screaming at my screen, and I'm looking forward to game three on Wednesday. <laughs> I'm guessing you didn't play sports growing up. What you trying to say? Because at least for me, I'm just competitive. So whenever I was playing basketball, I wanted to go up against the better team or the good players. I didn't want them on my team so we could just go out there and just embarrass kids. Like, I wanted to actually feel competition and work for a victory instead of making it easy. So It's listen. not about making it easy because just because he joined that team doesn't mean that it's easy. Like, he had to work hard just as much as everybody else. So, I've played, to, to correct you on that, I played basketball when I was younger and I played soccer in high school. So, I'm very competitive and I understand people's stance on it, but get over it. Like, at the end of the day, he's doing well on the Warriors. He did a great job last night. He was blocking the hell out of LeBron, bruh. I was like, yes, get that. But to me, it's I get why people may feel indifferent because he was with OKC. I, I understand it for what it is, but the whole, I think competition has changed, especially when it comes to athletes, especially in the NBA. Like, they're getting older. They're not getting any younger. And I'm sorry, you really thought OKC was going to make it this far, even if he was on it. Would they have made it this far to the championship? Let's keep it all the way 100. I'm, I'm waiting. Probably not. Oh, I, I didn't hear that part. Can you, can you repeat that? Because I didn't, I didn't catch that. <laughs> oh, you want to be petty while? Continue. But yeah, to be honest, I, I really don't care. Win or lose, they're all rich. So. Yeah, they still making money. Facts. So they're good. But bigger than basketball is actually what happened to LeBron James the Wednesday morning, the day before game one, LeBron was actually a victim of an apparent hate crime when racial slurs were written in graffiti on the front gate of his home in L.A. Um, as I said before, the vandalism occurred just one day before they were scheduled to play the home game against the Warriors. And LeBron had this to say about the vandalism. If this is going to shed light and continue to keep the conversation about race in America going on my behalf, then I'm okay with it. But it just goes to show that racism will always be a part of the world, a part of America. He then continued to add, no matter how much money you have, no matter how, how famous you are, no matter how many people admire you, being black in America is tough. 
we get a long we got a long way to go for us as a society and as African Americans until we feel equal in America. So, how did you feel about LeBron's comments? That was that was really deep. Um first and foremost, what happened to him and his house being vandalized, I thought that was um that was a bit much, um, more than a bit much, and it's really unfortunate, but I'm glad that he kind of raised light to it during his when he did when he did this um statement basically saying how it doesn't matter it really doesn't matter if you're rich or you're poor like as a black man or woman in america you're going to be treated a certain way because of the color of your skin and that's why you know when we have this conversation surrounding you know respectability respectability politics like oh which is um, more so dress appropriately pick your pants up don't wear any fitteds do a, no matter how you switch it up and do it they still gonna look at you like you are what you are yeah. unfortunately you know what i'm saying so i'm glad that he's actually speaking about this and for a while now um lebron has been speaking out about certain things especially when it comes to race relations and police brutality he has been outspoken about it um, and I really do. I think at one point sometime about a year ago or so around the Eric Garner, he was wearing, I can't breathe shirt when he was practicing mm -hmm. prior to playing the game. So I do respect him for actually, you know, addressing these issues, especially because he has a platform. I just think it's sad because it's like, you know, you're about to start your first game in a championship and then having to come home to, and then you see that, you know, it's a hate crime yeah. that you have to experience. And it's just like, wow, like I came from the, I'm, he didn't have an easy upbringing. Like, you know what I'm saying? He literally started from the bottom. So to see that he made it to this point and that he's still experiencing some levels of discrimination and racism, it's sad, but it's, it rings true that it doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter how much money you have in your pocket. That doesn't change how people are going to perceive you and how they have miscon misconceived notions about black people in a negative light. So I'm glad that he kind of had, you know, he had the conference and he spoke about it and shed light on it. Yeah, I personally feel this is what makes LeBron great. He not only, like, represents excellence and hard work in his chosen profession, but he's, like you said, been a voice for race relations and being a voice for voiceless people. Mm -hmm. um, being a black man in America is not always easy, and sometimes it could be overlooked because it's not everyone's reality. But when a sports icon and just overall celebrity like LeBron can be a victim of racism, it makes you really present to the reality of the situation. And he, he did not have to speak about the topic, but he did speak up and, like you said, use his platform to keep that conversation going which a lot of athletes actually shy away from doing yeah. that so that's something i really want to applaud him for and again i think that's what makes him the king that's why i'm rooting for him to win the championship even more it's just like damn this is just adding more on to his greatness i feel like he's he's taken that he's become a part of like that group of sports icon and social justice warriors like Muhammad Ali, Bill Russell, Jesse Owens back in the Olympics, Jackie Robinson, Jim Brown, just the list goes on and on. Yeah. So shout outs to LeBron, the king. You guys didn't see, but I just dabbed on it. Shout outs to Rihanna. I seen it, unfortunately, and that wasn't a good look, but okay. What, what do you have against the dab? I mean, it's kind of 
like played out by now. But if it works for you, go right ahead. You know, to each their own. And you're dabbing again. Okay, great. <laughs> um, but yes, I do appreciate him bringing it to light and speaking about it. And hopefully it creates more conversation about race relations in the U.S. It shouldn't just happen when an athlete is experiencing stuff like this. But in general, it should be a constant conversation. Um, that's why I really did appreciate Colin Kaepernick when he had his press conferences. He spoke out. He's like, don't ask me about the game. Talk to me about what's going on as to what's our reality. And that I respect because I was like, yeah, I'll watch this press conference. Yeah, I'll tune in <laughs> for sure. Um, so that's one thing I really do appreciate. And um, just to kind of end off on a good note, I really do hope the Warriors win because they're deserving of it. And they did such a great job in both games. And I'm just really excited for the next couple games coming up. Like, I'm really, really excited. And I just hope they win. I think they deserve it. Even last year, they worked, they played hard and they worked it. And, you know, I understand everybody has their rivalries. But I watch these dudes and I really like the way they play. And I feel like one thing I like is athletes that condone themselves in a respectable manner. And I feel like I haven't seen them do certain things on the court or be disrespectful. You know what I'm saying? Like, be on some, like, Lala tastes like Cheerios. Like, stuff like that. Like, you know, like, <laughs> like that was crazy. Classic. But that was crazy. Like, that's one thing I like about this team. And I really do want them to win. Because I've watched them play since last year, this year. And they've been doing really well. And they're pretty consistent. And I feel like they have really good integrity. And the Cavs won last year. Like, you ain't got to win every championship, bro. But we'll see how it plays out. And I'm really looking forward to each and every one of these games. I'm super excited. So, how do you feel about, like, the rivalry between the teams? Because me, personally, I love rivalry. I like competition. And I like to be my biggest critic and push myself. But sometimes when you have that one person you know who's kind of like, on your heels going after that same goal you're doing or going for that same promotion or if you're in school trying to get that valedictorian Mm -hmm. spot like i personally think it's great like you push each other keep that competition going how do you feel about rivalry in general i like it but i think it needs to be like when it comes to basketball leave it on the court Mm-hmm. Start it and finish it on the court. I think when you take it outside of that and then you start being like ridiculous and it start leading into fights and stuff, that's not like you're doing too much. But I do like it when it's like, it's like a competitive but fair. It's not like something that's just like you about to die over this. Like that to me is a bit extreme. Um, but I, I think rivalries are pretty good. I think they're cool and I do like competition. You know, I, I do like the adrenaline rush of doing that and also. Just to be able to compete with somebody who may be better than you, smarter than you, and you may outbeat them, which is like a big achievement within itself. I do like it, but I think the way that rivalries have become in our culture now and how um, things are happening, like it's not, it's it doesn't end off in a positive note. It's like, all right, I'll always keep it pushing. It just kind of ends up being a little bit too much. And that's where I think it becomes a little problematic. But as long as it's like, it's professional, respectful, I'm cool with it. Do you have a rival? Yeah. Ooh, I'm curious. If I have a rival? Yeah. No, I don't have anyone that's like uh, a rival anyway. Uh, no. Do I have a rival? In your head, probably. <clears throat> nah. It's just me versus me. And I'm losing. <laughs> no. no surprise there. <laughs> Damn, so it never came back to me. I'm not surprised by that. 
you have to know what I'm talking about. When you go, it's like the acting class. and So we're going to like continue to talk about what this is because this is like important to you. <laughs> it, 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 really, it really made sense and went really well with the whole Sean Spicer thing. Oh, wow. Came to me right at the end. Improv. Sean Spicer's job is basically improv. He's out there. He's talking, talking, talking. Boom, tweet comes in. He's got to switch it up. It, you, you get it? I, I get it. I just, it's unfortunate it took the whole episode for you to realize what it was. Well, it doesn't matter. I thought it was, I thought it worked perfectly. So that's all that matters. It's okay. It's fine. I'm not judging. I understand. It is what it is. What? We all can't be perfect like me, honey. Barely. <laughs> Well, again, thank you for joining us today, guys. Um, again, as we always say, we really appreciate you tuning in. This has been episode 11, and you guys have just been on the journey with us, and we really appreciate it. Please follow us on IG, underscore unapologetically, underscore different. You could reach out to us on Twitter at unapologetic, two underscores, D. And you can also email us at unapologeticallydifferent at gmail.com. And if you're on iTunes, you can search for us using unapologetically different and hit that subscribe button, leave a comment, and please leave us a rating. Stay tuned for our next episode.